Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. <laughs> oh my God. We just were doing math off air and this full moon in Virgo energy that's kind of like subsiding right now has been making me so mean to myself over the last two days. Uh, this, this, I have no idea how Virgos can stand themselves because just yeah. this like... This this is Esther. You have to clarify that your Venus is in Virgo. My Venus also, is in Virgo. That's something you and struggle so with. And so it's very very struggling for me to have that in Virgo. And so I don't understand. I'm just like, oh my gosh, all the Virgos. I'm sending you all the emotional love and energy because you I really know. really need it. <laughs> well, and also like the. I mean, we haven't done a moon minute in a really long time, but full moons are like when you're supposed to be expressing all this excess energy and kind of like. Like, you know, things are culminating and then paired with Virgo, which to me, at least with me, makes mm-hmm. me really nitpicky. It's just like I transitioned from being like, oh, I can't like multiply 32 to, or 36 times two effectively to like I should just, you know, like never speak in public again, like immediately. Oh. Like it's just the <laughs> transition was so seamless. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and for me, that energy of the full moon in Virgo translates to be, be me being extremely meticulous with whatever project I'm working on. So like I'm into well, like editing chicken feet at this point. Yeah. Because well, that's really project. good. That's a good way of harnessing <sighs> it. I think that I'm just totally off because I was gone for the new moon. Right. And then the minute that we got home, we had house guests for a week. And so my normal like tracking and preparing for the moon cycles and like letting myself feel the feelings and get ready didn't and happen. And that's what led to this like just full blown explosion of like I feel emotionally hung over, Esther. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but that also like it also speaks to all the signs having like really good positives, like me like absorbing this Virgo energy into yeah. like, a meticulous project. Getting stuff done. That exactly. Feels like productive, but the, and then the toxic side of Virgo energy, which is like like self talk that is super negative and not productive. Yeah. So Well, the upside of me having such a negative self-talk day yesterday is that I was looking for new podcasts to listen to, oh, yes. and I found one that is so positive and wonderful Tell that me. I had to share it. Yes. And it's kind of funny, too. Like, it's not super sappy. Okay. Uh, it's called We Love You and You Can Too. Oh, Is that what it's actually called? Let me just pull it up to make sure. Yeah, We Love You and So Can You. Oh, okay. And... It's Jolita, no, Jolenta Greenberg and Kristen Meinzer. I should have probably read those names before <laughs> trying to say them out loud. See, again, the frickin' Virgo. I'm like, ugh, I got those names I wrong. I just quit. Esther, I quit the podcast live on air, yeah, Molly. Exactly, I quit. <laughs> exactly. I quit. I quit. I can't do it anymore. But anyway, the so they used to have a podcast where they would like, I think it was maybe monthly, where they would read a self-help book and then live by those rules oh, for a month. Oh, okay. And this one is where they help people who are kind of going through transitions. Like the first one was their former producer who's just been dealing with really low self-esteem. And so they give him like a two-week plan of like, here's what you should be doing week one. And here's what you should be doing week two to kind of like break through some of those barriers. Right. And it aligns really closely with things that we do as people who like do tarot advice where they're like, you know, very action oriented and affirmative. And like the most recent episode I listened to, uh, it was this woman who was uh, this woman and her husband who were downsizing as their kids were growing up. And one of the tasks that they gave her for week two was to have a gathering at their house in which they like thank the house for all of the years of family service or whatever to help their youngest who's still in high school kind of deal with the idea of Uh like it being okay to move sort of thing. It's anyway, it's really cool. They're like delightful hosts. The content is really, really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. And it made me really happy yesterday when I was like feeling pretty bad about myself. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, that's really, really sweet though, to kind of be able to translate like, habits like that and things that we wouldn't normally like accept and give that advice in a non-woo-woo fashion, I guess, if that makes well, any yeah. sense. Well, yeah. And I also really like the two-week time period because I think that that's really easy to implement and sort mm-hmm. of like for me with my with or for you and me with our moon stuff, like a two-week cycle is either the new moon mm-hmm. to the full moon or right. the full moon to the new moon. And so that's like a really prime 
time period for us sort of like changing our own mindsets. And so I like that kind of used in this context too. And then they also do a second follow-up episode where they talk to the person a few months out and like talk about how things have like overall changed. Okay. And the first episode, they, one of the things that the guy wanted to, that this is like not a recap podcast, but here I go anyway. Um, (laughs) One of the things that the guy wanted to do was get back into stand-up comedy. And so when they do the follow-up, he hasn't performed again since his like two-week experiment. Uh But a lot of the mental blocks that he'd been experiencing about performing also no longer were there. Oh, wow. Which I thought was cool because it's kind of like reevaluating what success means. Like, does success mean that I have to keep doing this thing or does this success mean that I've just like gotten over my anxiety right. and like self-doubt about this thing right oh, so anyway really I really suggest it we can or we love you and so can you okay uh, I will link Stitcher it in the show notes just to make sure people can look at the title and click it to subscribe yeah and they're just about to start a second season so it's awesome oh, that's and really nice. I really I feel like it's going to be helpful and just kind of like you know, dealing with some of the fallout from my emotional <laughs> definitely. Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Oh, do you want I wanted to answer one really quick question that we got this morning before oh, yeah. we do the card of the day because it's about you and your shuffling. Oh. Okay. Somebody sent in a question about whether or not your seven and seven methodology was in order for you to get past the cards meant for you to the cards meant for the queerance on the show. Uh-huh. Or if it's just a, well, she didn't say or, but I know that okay. it's just about you wanting to shuffle and shuffle and shuffle forever. Yeah. So the question really was, do you still use that methodology when you're just reading for yourself? Yes. When I'm reading for my, for the only time I change it is when I'm reading, when other people are in front of me. If oh, I was, when I'm okay. reading in person, I yeah. don't usually do the seven seven method. I do the seven seven method just because for you're scared that they're going to be like, "What the hell's wrong with you? No, no, no. You meticulous I, freak." <laughs> well, typically in Korea, when I've seen other in person readings, people will fan it out. So it's just kind of a tra- tradition oh, here to do that. Yeah, and so because that's something that they know, then that I want to to be familiar to them. If I totally. know that they are emotionally compromised, I will say. Right now, you're too emotional about this. So if I'm doing like a a relationship reading or like a job reading that's too emotional, I will say you're emotionally too involved right now. So I will draw the cards for you. And they're like, okay. Okay. And that's when I will use the 7-7 method in front of them. But otherwise, it's 7-7 method for me. Like I'll even do it in in Lenormand readings. I'll do 7-7 method, even though there's 36 cards and it's a much shorter deck. I'll use (laughs) 7-7 method. Um, You still make it work. We can make it work. So yeah, otherwise, for the most part... Um, like 98% of the time, it's always seven, seven, but sometimes in person to other people, I will fan it out in front of them and let them choose just how many because cards. of almost like cultural expectations. Right. And the reason, and you, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but it was a really long time ago. The reason is that Esther could shuffle forever. Yes. Forever. Like, ju- it used to be kind of like a mindless task for her with regular playing cards before she got into tarot. It's yes. just like shuffling as sort of like something to do with your hands almost. Yes. When I, yeah, when I was a teenager, I would always carry just it's it's an anxiety like um energy that's always in me. And yeah. so but with shuffling and like pulling cards immediately, I'm like, you know, people are like, well, you know, just when you feel the urge to stop, stop and pull cards. And I'm like, right. um, yeah, you don't do this to That's a person who happening. has anxiety at all times. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm always wondering, wait, is that, is that the moment? Did I pass the moment? Did yeah. Gone? Yeah. You know, is it always... too late? Did I totally <laughs> right. fuck this up forever? Exactly. So usually the seven, seven just keeps my anxiety at bay. And I have that ritual, um, I guess is a ritual in place yeah, to keep totally. that, my anxiety from like running away with me. Yeah, exactly. Because you really could. I mean, that's the problem with saying just trust your instinct about when to stop shuffling because who the heck knows how long that could take. Right. Like, what? what's the feeling I'm supposed to feel? Because I don't know if I felt it before, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's just a strategy to get out of your own head. Exactly. Shall we do a card of the day? It's your turn. 
And as I've pulled seven, our card of the day is the Queen of Wands. Yay! Oh, yay! I love That's the Queen of signifier. Wands. That is my signifier. So, but I think it's just that fiery energy of like, okay, let's get this like yeah, moving. Totally. And we're going to have a fun episode today, I think. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Oh my God, I can't wait till we get to the deck review. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I have so many feelings. <laughs> Our first question of the day is from Alex, and she asks, I've started pulling a card a day to help with my study. I pull a card before work, and then I try to look for the message throughout my day. Sometimes it is spot on, but sometimes I don't really see the signs the cards are trying to tell me. Am I just missing it? Is the card a day method too much? Am I expecting too much from one card? And they they give an example. They applied for a new job with an awesome reference from a friend who works for the company. And they wanted to at least get an interview. And they had pulled the Ace of Pentacles and sort of hoped that it meant that it would be an update on the position. Or maybe that she'd find another job that was perfect. But nothing in the day really felt Ace of Pentacles-y. So that was the example that she gave where maybe her, the her car of the day really didn't feel what she expected it to feel like. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So I think that, like, the hard thing about the card of the day is that people, like, I know, and I do this too, or I did this especially when I was still, like, more scared of the tower. Oh, but yeah. That's my card of the year this year, so <laughs> I'm having to get used to it. Yeah. Um, But the idea that a card of the day is going to necessarily be hugely significant, I think, is, like, probably not the right way to go about it, just mm-hmm. because... It's just sort of like general energy. And in the example that Alex gives us, even the Ace of Pentacles could have been saying, you're going to be thinking about this new job a lot today. Yeah. Not you're going to hear something about this new job, which I know that I get like I sort of have a reputation for always pulling more than one card. But that's sort of why it could be helpful, because if you're first of all, practicing reading pairs together is helpful Um, But also, if you pull two cards, you could see more of, like, is this going to be a Four of Cups and Ace of Pentacles situation? Like, am I going to be, like, sort of not hearing anything but thinking about it a lot? Right. Or is this going to be, like, an Ace of Wands, Ace of Pentacles situation where there's a lot of action happening and I am hearing something about it? So that's sort of, like, a helpful thing to do with, too, if you're feeling like you're getting a lot of days where... They're not connecting in that way. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And also for me, sometimes like like with Lenormand cards of the day, you we you we like stress. Don't think of the big meaning of it. Yeah. Don't think it like to its like lowest diluted form almost. Yeah. Like because most days are boring as hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, (laughs) and also with the Ace of Pentacles, it could mean, you know, just kind of indicate there's been an opportunity presented to you asking the question, what will you do with this opportunity? Because that's how I, that's how I see the Ace of Pentacles. So it may be that in researching the meaning elsewhere, you'll find a nuance that does fit your day or, um, but like also, especially because you were just drawing a card of the day and not asking like a card of the job. It may not have been speaking Ooh, to the job Interesting itself. distinction. See, that's kind of where the Lenormand mindset comes into play. You're totally right. Like, card of the day might be too general. Right. Like, if, you're in, if your intention is learning the cards more consistently, then doing a card of the day, just like, here's my card to think about today is one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying, what's the energy I'm working with today? Or what should I expect from my day? Or what right. should I expect from this specific situation? then that might be the way that you want to phrase it when you're pulling it so that it doesn't feel so disconnected. Because if you're just randomly pulling because you want to, like, you know, deepen your understanding of each cards, then those ne- won't necessarily have any insight into right. your day. It'll just be like, okay, you're not study- asking right. that. You're asking, like, okay, what, stu- what card do I need to study today? The Ace of Pentacles. Okay, how can the Ace of Pentacles apply to my life right now? Yeah. How can the Ace of Pentacles, how can I further my understanding of the understanding of, of it my yeah appreciation of it exactly yeah, yeah that's totally totally true good call i think that that's like a huge difference between what we talked about last week with lenormand you want to be so specific in your queries i think that people sort of te- it, or us included tend oh, yeah. to be less specific with our tarot queries because mm-hmm. the tarot cards each have so much more nuance but if you're really new to reading then being more specific will lead to clearer readings because the whole reason that people who have been reading forever can do things like say, you know, like just give me an update about you and then Mm -hmm. have like a really cohesive, comprehensive reading is because 
they have all of those deep, deep, deep understandings of each card. So if you're newer, asking a more specific question will allow you to practice getting there. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that will help with your understanding as well and make it more personalized to you because just like those readers who have had that relationship with the deck for a long time, those cards come up for them because they mean specific things and trigger those meanings. Right. And we've talked about this in the context, obviously, of temperance last year. But even before that, for me, the two of swords, before I switched to my current job, I was getting the two of swords as like my daily reading, like four out of five days. Mm-hmm. And that made me dig way deeper into the meaning of the two of swords, but it was really not that helpful as a card of the day because right. it was like, yeah, I know I, <laughs> I got, got this it. yesterday and the day before <laughs> and the day before that, like, it's just not that helpful. Right. Right. So, right. But it did make me explore what it meant to me because I kept pulling it over and over again. And if I had been more advanced then I probably would have been more specific, like, you know, is like, what about doing the sort of like mind, body, spirit or mm-hmm. work, personal life, spiritual life or something in order to see where that two of swords showed up probably would have prevented me from getting it so many times forever <laughs> and ever and ever. <laughs> right. And at the end of the day, if you don't understand, look, hey, so the Ace of Pentacles really didn't mean anything in my day and I didn't get anything significant from it. Um, you can always just do a tarot spread to clarify that card and what it means for you yeah. and kind of what it indicates. Kind of like One a method that card. I've seen people use that I really, really like is if you're sensitive, and I think this would also be really great for card of the day, just because like, it's a little bit more up to chance, but mm-hmm. shuffle the card back in and then find it again. And whatever card is above it is mm-hmm. affecting the situation and below it is like the underlying like issue with the situation. Yeah. And that doesn't require a whole extensive spread. It just requires you shuffling the card back in and then finding it. I was actually thinking of that. I was like, you could just put the, it back in and then find the, where it's sandwiched between and yeah, and then the use those cards clarify. for clarification. Yeah. I really like those. There's yeah. a lot of different like things floating around on the internet. There's one where if you're starting something new, find the fool and then the two cards on either side of it. Like, interpret that to be related to it Mm -hmm. or the lovers. If you're having like a weird situation in a relationship, I really like those sorts of things just because they're low pressure. You're not like having to spend a ton of time thinking about what spread you want to do. Exactly. Here's a way of handling it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I like it. So good luck, Alex, but you're doing the right thing by pulling cards each day, but maybe try to be more specific about whether or not it's about learning or about the energy for your day. That's probably the best way to kind of get more out of it. Yeah. And our second question is from Sharon and Sharon says, last night I had two dreams, which is odd for me because I don't even remember my dreams, much less two of them in one night. There were a couple, they were a couple of hours apart and I, I woke up after both of them and was amused, confused, and slightly disgusted by both of them. Esther, you might want to go read these dreams, but we're not going to read them here because they are gross. Okay, okay. (laughs) I shall go read them. (laughs) They're gross and funny and disturbing and long, and I just didn't include them in here. This could be a long episode anyway, so we'll do that for other podcasts, Wildly Dreaming Podcasts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I have not been able to get them out of my mind all day, and I tried doing Google search on the dream meanings but haven't come up with much and that's because they're like they are very specific yeah like in one of them she's like having sex with a political figure who shall remain nameless and there's like all of this additional stuff that happens after that (laughs) in another one she's like pregnant with a cat and like gives birth too early and then there's all this gruesome stuff that happens related to that so it's not like normal symbolism like when I was in high school I kept having dreams that I was smoking cigarettes and like that would be the whole dream it would be like a normal (laughs) life situation but I'd be smoking there's a ton of dream stuff about smoking and dreams right but like having sex with a political figure not a political figure is probably not in there as much um anyway so They must be significant in some way, if for no other reason than I remember them both so vividly. So, of course, I thought that maybe Tarot could shed some light on what they meant and why they're significant enough to bother me all day. Um, Then, I, you know, she includes the dreams, which are hilarious and completely off-putting. 
And then she says, please don't feel obligated to respond if these are just too out there or if using Tara to clarify dreams just isn't a thing. But if you can't share your freaky dreams with Holly and Esther, then really, who can you share them <laughs> no, with? No, we're the perfect people to share them with. Believe me. I love freaky I love dreams. I love them. But also the good news for you, Sharon, is that dream interpretation with tarot is totally a thing. Yes, it is. There are so many spreads. And I think people even like offer them on Etsy. Like it's dream interpretation <laughs> as like yeah. things that they'll read for. So. Exactly. And I also totally understand because I dream every single night. And the other night, I like last week, I had a series of really upsetting dreams that I couldn't remember at all, which is the most frustrating thing in the whole world. But I have used dream interpretation spreads when I have been able to remember the dream. Yeah. Usually I never remember dreams. And then when I started collecting crystals, I've been dreaming and then other like interesting dreams have been coming. So <laughs> and not by like interesting as in sleeping with political figures, but like goddess meeting dreams. Oh, so, cool, girl. That's awesome. I haven't found out who she is yet. So we'll see. We shall see to be updated. Uh, but anyway, I thought we could do New Age Hipsters Dreamweaver spread okay. to kind of help Sharon out because uh, maybe we we might want to adapt it slightly. Yeah. So this spread is called Dreamweaver Dream Interpretation Spread for Tarot and or Oracle Cards X, which I'm assuming is a kiss. That's how the thing shows up for me, the title. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, like... it is a seven card spread, but I Whoa. think we could probably leave out question two. Yes. And... Yeah, maybe just question two. Question two, yeah, I think question two is the only one that I would. And the question in question two, it's not bad. It just says who or what sent this dream, and it's just yeah. not for us to say and interpret. So exactly, exactly, exactly. So, uh, do we want to just start with one, and we can just switch back and forth? Yeah, sure. So I'll start with one. So the first question okay. is, what seeded this dream? And so the concept behind see- what seeded the dream is kind of like, like what tiny continuity between those two dreams is sort of like, you know, the thing that's happening in waking life that's making you think of it almost. Okay, okay, okay. That's what it seems like to me. Okay. Um, what seed of this dream is the two of swords? Okay, so yeah, decision. The what seed of the dream is having decisions that you need to be making right now and maybe feeling like you're not empowered to make those decisions. And the next position is, what is the subconscious up to? And I got the Knight of Wands. And so to me, it's just, it's the subconscious is just running forward without thinking, just with yeah. passion. Like, it's just a just little doing bit chaotic whatever and wants. not very exactly. well thought out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the subconscious is like, a blah, <laughs> which makes sense with the yeah. crazy, crazy dreams. Okay, what is this dream trying to communicate to me? Seven of Wands. That's interesting. So I think that the conflict that you're sort of like feeling like you're not empowered to make a decision. So your subconscious is trying to or the dream is trying to communicate to you that maybe you should be allowing some more of that Knight of Wands energy to sort of defend yourself from conflict that's kind of going on around you. Yeah. And next is what do I do with this experience and knowledge? And I drew the hermit. Oh, so there's supposed to be, I guess there's with the, that decision that's kind of there and your subconscious working overtime to do whatever the fuck it wants. There's that hermiting energy that you need to kind of be activating. Well, and especially if the seven of wands is what is trying to be communicated to you, it's almost like the world around or like stuff that's happening around you is way too chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so you need to sort of turn inward rather than trying to like please everybody in some way. Like, yeah, there's too much conflict, too much chaos. So rather than trying to deal with that, try to just deal with your own self and sort of isolate yourself from those chaotic things. energies. Because so far with the Knight of Wands and the Seven of Wands, there's just that a lot of that chaotic energy coming out. Yeah, totally. What am I supposed to learn slash know from this? Three of Cups. Oh. That's interesting. So maybe it's kind of saying like there's a lot of chaos around you, but one of the things that you can remember is that you have a support system of close friends. So even though the chaos can seem so overwhelming and you may feel like you're sort of running off 
half cocked, like no plan in place. Mm -hmm. You can kind of turn inward because you already have like a true support system. You don't really need all those other people in the seven of wands card who are bringing all this chaos. When you have this like three of cups, like support system in place for when you need to retreat inward. Yeah. And how can I bring this understanding into my waking life? I drew the four of pentacles, which is kind of, to me, goes along with that hermit energy of kind of conserving yeah, things, yourself. holding things back, like not giving everything away, um, it, like in this sort of defensive position that you're in with the seven of wands and the knight of wands. Yeah. I wonder if the three of cups then also could be telling you that you can go to your like nearest and dearest and ask them to support you a little bit more yeah. or to give you some of their... Like resources, whether it's literal or kind of more emotional. Yeah. Or even just the space of being with other friends is emotionally uplifting in certain ways. And yeah, so in the midst of this chaotic energy, down. that conflicting energy, you can have this sort of emotional space that kind of gives you more life than you're used to right now. Yeah, totally. And the two of swords from the very, very beginning of what seeded the stream is also like in addition to being about kind of like decision making, it's also in some ways sort of about being like stuck like the mm -hmm. figure in the two of swords is holding these giant heavy swords they're blindfolded the reality is they could just put one of the swords down and take off the blindfold and like make a decision but they're kind of feeling like not capable of that really mm -hmm. so maybe finding ways to like resist the urge to be involved with the chaos and just like keep focusing on like taking care of yourself and allowing your friends to take care of you too mm -hmm. would be like the way to sort of break through that feeling of like, like stasis that comes with the two of pentacle or the two of swords. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you. New age hipster for that spread. I like yes, it. That was I'm going to keep that. It wasn't too, <laughs> to me, it wasn't too woo woo. If it makes any sense. It wasn't yeah, like too Yeah. And it's kind of there. like, what's your subconscious? How can you It was you very grounding spread. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and good luck, Sharon. And yes. if you have any of those wacko dreams again, please share them with me because they made me laugh really hard. <laughs> it makes us not feel as lonely in our own dreams. Yeah, in our own weird dreams. Although almost all of mine involve some sort of natural disaster coming and me trying to gather people to get away from the natural disaster and no one listening to me. So it's a consistent anxiety dream situation. <laughs> That's the one. The one that I the ones that I remember the most always have something to do with that and Oh, the specific old Victorian house. Um, hill. Mine will make you laugh. It's the other mine are usually processing dreams where I'll like process information and data from the day. Uh -huh. It's very computer oriented most of the time, except when I have like goddess dreams. And um, so the other day I was pregnant with someone, some politician's child. Wow. Because, yeah. And the way to get rid of the sickness, Bernie told me to eat tacos. Keeps away morning sickness. <laughs> So that is now my remedy for morning sickness is eat as many tacos as possible. <laughs> and this is not a pregnancy announcement. Not a pregnancy Esther announcement has a lot whatsoever. of anxiety about being pregnant. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. But just saying the tacos. <laughs> when you think you might be pregnant, it, it spirals. It spirals. I have, <laughs> I have many, many pregnancy tests on hand just in case. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, like people have been storehousing toilet paper. I have storehoused pregnancy test pregnancy test just to be safe <laughs> yeah i another reoccurring dream that i used to have way more as a kid was after accidentally like my parents would start a movie and then fall asleep and i saw two movies that i should not have seen when i was like probably nine or ten maybe uh -huh. i don't know when these movies came out but they both imprinted really heavily <gasps> in my head what? as being the same movie okay. you're gonna be upset when you hear about them because they're pretty relevant now they've been coming up a lot and those are 12 monkeys which is that movie where somebody i think it's like maybe the guy who was married to demi Moore, bruce willis is a time traveler who comes back to like oh, the early 2000s yes. to warn about a pandemic okay so there's and then he gets put in a loony bin because of it so that's okay. one of them and then the other one is outbreak which is also a pandemic movie oh my gosh oh <laughs> and my those gosh. movies are combined in my head and it was such a way that i would have reoccurring dreams <gasps> about like <laughs> monkeys with red eyes biting and ripping people's faces off oh and spreading disease. Oh my Thankfully goodness. I haven't had one of those in a while, but it was like, I would have that nightmare once a week oh for like most of my young adulthood. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. 
And it's all because I watched those stupid movies like from behind the couch while my mom was like asleep just with it playing in the background. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's a way that kids are frequently traumatized. Yes, very much so. Yes. And I was so like, I didn't want to get in trouble for waking up so early that I didn't or for waking up in the middle of the night and then staying and watching the whole movie that I couldn't like <laughs> express to anybody what that the you're having these terrors. The dreams yeah. Were. yeah, exactly. Because oh. you feel like you'll get more in trouble for the movie than you would like having a nightmare. Which is so funny because, yeah, my parents didn't care at all. Although the sad thing is that if my mom is listening to this, which she might not be. Uh, my dad always would give her grief for watching like zombie movies and stuff because it was going to traumatize us. And then look, it did. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your fault, mom. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been awake. (laughs) That's so funny. But it's time for our Patreon shout out. Yes. More announcements. Yes. Okay. So Holly, please pick a number between one and 107. A hundred and 100. 100 and 100. Just so 100. Siobhan gets a reading from me this month. Siobhan Yay! B. So I will be messaging you on Patreon by the time this episode airs. And we will set up either a Skype reading or a email reading. Whatever kind of floats your boat. We'll make it happen. And Siobhan, you really freaking lucked out because Esther is way better at making sure this happens than I am. <laughs> I'm just being honest. See, again, that freaking Virgo energy. I'm like, I'm going to leave. Okay. <laughs> this is the third time I've quit this podcast today. <laughs> ah, I just don't want quickly. you to be disappointed. Oh, God, go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a disappointment. Okay, so I'm going to pull for Catlin. Hopefully I can't fuck this up too bad. Okay. Um, Catlin, your card is the star. Okay, in Kirsten, your card is the queen of cups. Oh. Yay! I love the Queen of Cups. And too. Hannah, yours is... Oh, I'm using the Playful Heart Tarot, and yours just says, Embrace Your Inner Child. Oh, I love that. It's very cute. Yes. When I used that deck last week with my tarot friends here, they were like, look at the extra cards. They're like, oh, that's so cute. Like, yeah. Because there's one, of course, that, that I had, yes. Yeah, I forgot that I had not taken those out. So, yeah. but I oh, love it. Nice Embrace surprise. Your inner Child. So sweet. Uh, then the announcements, we have opened our pre-orders for our Lenormand deck, and we've gotten quite a response. I yes. have actually been completely Very surprised. Very shocked. Very shocked. Yeah. <laughs> so keep I, them coming. We're probably yeah. going to place the order maybe end of this month. Yeah, I probably, was thinking, yeah, to probably to get them out by. Yeah. Giving everyone I, payday to come, because I know we've had a few requests to wait until payday to close pre-orders. Yeah. So. Well, and we, the way that we do pre-orders usually is just to get a general idea. Like, yeah. We're going to order more than the number of pre-orders we got. So we will have plenty of stock in place if you can't buy it this month. Um, but yeah, it's 20 bucks, and you can get a pack with our Wildly Tarot deck for 40 bucks. Which is a $5 savings, and I am just really, really stoked about this Lenormand deck. It I know, is I fantastic. Too. I am making final edits on the cards tomorrow just to make a few more things clear. Yes. And yes. So order away. Let us know, you know, what you think so we can make sure to get enough for having a little bit of a stock in my den for people who want to buy them moving forward. It'd be so much fun. So much fun. We're going to get everyone to know Lenormand because there are more and more awesome Lenormand decks coming out. So you might as well have that in your backpack as far as like like, It's just a great tool. Exactly. Okay. So it's time for our deck of the week. And we are talking about the Wayward Dark Tarot from Pixel Occult. Pixel Occult, you may remember from the episode that we did where we got the name of his deck wrong. The entire episode. Seven or eight times. (laughs) Yeah. And we were so ashamed, very ashamed. So we apologize that we are getting your name correct this whole episode. Yeah, we actually, we got Pixel Occult's name wrong and also the deck name wrong several times in that episode. So we're doing the Wayward Dark Tarot by Pixel Occult. um, And Pixel Occult said on their Kickstarter, in the imagery of Wayward Dark Tarot are the archetypes and symbolism of Aleister Crowley's Toth Tarot deck. I hate that word. I know. <laughs> it's so difficult for me. I second guess it all the time because I don't want people to yell at me. No, I just say toth, um, so it's fine. Just say toth. Okay, like, perfect. We'll say toth. It. Mirrored and modified, oh God, into a 
Chthonic afterlife. I looked that word up, but not how to pronounce Chthonic? it, just what it means. It means underworld, related to the underworld. Oh, okay. Okay. It's C H T H O N I C. I think it's Chthonic. Okay. Evoking the beautiful and the macabre. Familiarity with the Toth Tarot will give you additional insight and likely additional critiques, which made me laugh. That is hilarious. <laughs> of the wayward dark tarot, yet it should read on its own strengths as well. As it may be considered a funhouse mirror of the Toth deck, it is the same for your inner own inner thoughts and imagination. Look to the cards and you might discover a path to your subconscious paved through the archetypes of the tarot. So before we get to the where to find it, I just want to talk about the format a little bit. Yeah. And then Esther is going to talk about Toth in general. Yes. So the way that the deck looks is that it has a keyword at the bottom two astrological associations on the right and then the left. And I think that this is where people, when they first got this deck, were totally lost. Yes. Instead of it saying, like, for example, uh, one of my favorite cards is the Eight of Cups. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying Eight of Cups anywhere, it has a Roman numeral eight and then the alchemical symbol for cups. Yes. So this is definitely a deck that I feel like beginner beginners would be completely... completely lost with or yes. not lost with because you can figure it out but it would feel really Cumbersome. stilted if yes. you were if you were using it for a big spread because as a new reader you'd be like i'm sorry what does this mean and then also some people really don't like keywords so mm-hmm. there's like kind of that dual issue right um and then the major arcana say the major title on the bottom but all the minors have the alchemical and roman numeral combination and a keyword yes yes Astrid, do you want to tell us about Toth? Yes, I shall tell you about Toth. I timed this and it was exactly two minutes and 30 seconds. So <laughs> I typed, texted Esther yesterday when I was writing the outline and said, do you want to do like two minutes about Toth? And she's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's sure. a two minute topic. I can make <laughs> I that happen. I was like, well, I shall try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this just don't at me. I don't care. Don't, I'm just saying right now, do not. We know that this me. is overly simplified, but this is the first Toth deck we're reviewing. Yes. And we, this week has been crazy. So we I'm didn't have time bothered. to do a whole. Yeah. Thank bothered. you. Okay. That's all I need to hear. Thank you. Okay. Esther. Not <laughs> I love you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Toth Terra was conceptualized by the famous occultist and Golden Dawn member, Alistair Crowley and created by Lady Frida Harris. And it was published in 1969, which I laughed at 69 because that is very much up the alley of Alistair Crowley. <laughs> which is a rhyme. I didn't realize that. I just Alistair made a rap. Crowley. You're welcome. <laughs> Nicki Minaj can steal that line. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> On the surface, both RWS and Toth may seem similar, but after you get past them being a deck of 78 cards used for divination, you can find two systems at work. Some card names and positions have changed, so the magician is magus, high priestess priestess, strength becomes lust, justice adjustment, wheel of fortune is fortune, temperance art, world is universe, judgment the aeon. And as Holly mentioned, each minor card has a descriptive title printed on it. So like the Two of Pentacles is titled as Change. And in this deck specifically, it's the Two of Earth. That's how you'll find it in the book. Yeah. The core cards usually progress as King, Queen, Prince, and Princess. But they are elementally associated. So for like the Knight of Wands, you'll elementally get Fire of Fire. So Knights are seen as Fire and Wands as Fire. So you get that sort of elemental association in the background. Each card also has an obvious uh, astrological association. Each card also has an obvious astrological association. Why did I put like five (laughs) big words together? I do not know. You you nailed it though. (laughs) I thank you. Association at work in the background, plus lots of Golden Dawn influenced esoteric stuff. It's so crazy that it was published in 1969. I know that was after both Lady Frida and Alistair Crowley died. They both died like 20 years before and then they i believe if i remember correctly from when i originally studied with toth they found like the cards like and they like made them pretty and then printed them um agm i believe was the first one (laughs) anyway there is a higher threshold for learning the symbols included in toth cards but just because you can read toth fluently doesn't mean you have knowledge of deeper things and just because you don't read toth doesn't make you a novice reader for further reading i recommend understanding alistair crowley's toth tarot by lon milo duquette who does a great job of making toth accessible instead of submitting yourself to trying to understand crowley's book of toth who intentionally wrote things to keep things inaccessible for those who wish to understand higher knowledge 
And I put, uh. here, I, I put here, don't at me. I don't care. I've read many things about him. <laughs> and I won't be an apologist for his character. For example, Cryley tried to sue <laughs> Elizabeth Sharp when she wrote Thinly Field account of him being a sexual predator when she was part of his cults. And he unapologetically appropriated cultures into his magical practices, wrote awful racist things about other people, and used sex magic for his self-serving egotistical purposes. <laughs> I love it. Maybe we do need to do a whole episode so Esther can get ranting. We don't support racist, misogynist, patriarchal pricks on this podcast, so we're not going to start now. So... <laughs> Despite <laughs> despite all of this, Crowley's impact on terror cannot be ignored, which is why we do support decks that have been recreating using using his system. Yeah, there decks you like, go. That's a good idea. Yeah, decks like the wonderful Tabula Mundi by M.M. Aline, who is also a podcast host for Fortune's Wheelhouse, her tarot podcast. And the deck we're reviewing today, Wayward Dark Tarot. I so. love you. You're a brilliant genius. <laughs> I had to, like, do that just a little bit. Yeah. I think that the, it like it kind of speaks to a larger conversation that eventually we'll need to have about separating the art from the artist. Yeah. Which is something that neither of us ascribe to, to be honest. I'm yeah. fine with canceling people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm fine with, I love, just like I mentioned, taking something that was created by a horrible person and recreating it just like this yeah, deck totally. and just like others. I think especially like what we know of other people in the world, um, they may have made great things and were geniuses in their own right, but they were awful people. And so I, I yeah. support the recreation, especially by people of color, queer artists, et cetera. Yeah, totally. I'm on board with you about that. All right. So where can you find this? We got ours on Kickstarter. Yep. Uh, but it's available on Etsy. Yeah. It is 300 GSM. It's a standard size. It's in a tin with like a cute this sticker. This is my first tin deck. Yeah, and I don't I hate received it. Received one in a ten. No, I don't hate it at all. Yeah. The only reason, the only issue that I have is that I bought a bunch of tins that are really similar shape and size to this, and there's nothing written on the side, so this one can oh. get a little bit like lost, lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, but it does come with a little white book with the deck, and then there's also an even more extensive little white little white book PDF on yes. their website. That is really awesome. And yeah, I would yeah. definitely suggest if you're reading with this deck frequently to check out the PDF booklet in addition to the small one that came with the deck because it's really extensive. I agree. I agree. Uh, general impression. Oh, sorry. I was go ahead. Mention, and with the card stock, the cards are really glossy. Like super glossy. Super glossy. And they're very slippery. So just, and that's not a bad thing. That's they're easy to shuffle. No. If you want to fan this. Suck her out. out. It'll fan. <laughs> It'll fan. It'll fan, You'll fan the crap out of this guy. <laughs> uh, so what are your general impressions and the vibe of this deck? The this, vibe, Esther, the vibe. The vibe. The, the vibe of this deck is like super, like they wanted Chthonic. a macabre. They wanted the, <laughs> they wanted all the macabre. They put all the yeah, macabre yeah, in this deck. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. Definitely like the creepy macabre feeling is so, this deck. So creepy. I feel like I, we have like several like bony figuring decks. I mean, Black yeah. and the Moon, all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have well, those are literal swimming. skeletons, those are not creepy skeletons, bony but, people. But they're kind of macabre. <laughs> like there's oh, like yeah, totally. hands in jars, things like that. But this is probably like the most extreme macabre de deck that I have. If it makes yeah, sense. yeah. I think it's definitely. And when I was dark. looking through it in preparation for this episode, I was like, "Have I ever used this deck for a reading?" And I realized that I haven't because it's kind of too dark for me. I mean, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh I'm yeah, so yeah, glad that I backed it and that I have it. But I feel like it really, like maybe around Samhain or something would be something that I'd be drawn to. It it's called Wayward Dark Tarot, and it's meant to be Wayward Dark Tarot. It does not disappoint on the wayward or the darkness at all. Uh uh uh. uh, uh. <laughs> the the chthonic macabre vibe that they're going for is definitely expressed. The other thing that I was noticing is that there are so many cards that have like weirdly weirdly booby ladies. I mean, I think they're beautiful, the boobs. They're, I like boobs. Well, you know how I feel about boobs. I fucking love them. It's my only thing that I brought back from Portugal was that little boob thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but but there are, like, swords, like, sticking out of places. Like, there's, like, and there's blood dripping. But there's not, it's not, like, yeah. differently colored. It's like a, like a lighter sort of grayish So blue. I do think that that's, like, an important thing to note, too, is that the backgrounds are black and the only colors are white and light gray. Like, light bluish gray. Yeah. So I think that that really helps with the macabreness because it doesn't feel bloody or gory. No, it not feels, at all. like, 
stark and cold almost. Yeah, yeah. Which makes it even more effectively creepy. It's like really, really, really well done in that way. Yes, yes, very much. So I know that like people sometimes ask for darker decks. And since I tend to not have darker decks, I always forget about this one. Mm -hmm. But this one would be so good if you're looking for something that's like tonally dark and really angular because a lot of the things are really like, it's not a soft curve that happens it's all really angular well and i think that it helps with how toth is kind of when i've read with toth before and then getting this deck toth is kind of like the lenormand of tarot where it's very direct in your face it doesn't pull any punches there are negative cards that are that you can't like wiggle out of and so i think that the art work kind of magnifies that in a way. Yeah. And I think that that's more emphasized because of the key words on each card. So when you're going through this, if you're not familiar with Toth, you will find some where you're like, what? That is not at all what I associate with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, in some of the cards here, I mean, I am a very well-read person and I'm still like, wait, what does that even mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, what does indolence mean? Which one? Avoidance of activity or exertion, laziness on the Eight of Cups. Oh, Eight of Cups. Yeah, because, so, Crowley based his off of the Golden Dawn. White did, RWS is not based off of that same system. So, Crowley's meanings go back to something different than Waits did, if it makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, that's But that's what makes it so confusing. But it also makes some toth people so obnoxious about rws people <laughs> yeah or they're like why I put you don't even understand because i'm like yeah okay if there's different systems it, it's yeah me, it's like it's like your mileage may vary with this deck with toth if it works for you it works for you don't be mad yeah. at it if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you it that's fine. and that's fine too yeah, yeah totally because it's kind of similar to like the level of vitriol that pure tarot people have against oracle people yes it's like very similar like you just can't handle the real truth it's like no <laughs> there are just so, certain circumstances where i'd rather have this method than not yeah and every single time anybody rails against oracle people i just want to be like look at any of claire decks like any <laughs> black in the moon oracle deck is reading me all the way to the meanest possible way i mean not meanest it's just very, just blunt. very blunt yeah but people still see it like lump all oracle cards in like a dream virtue sort of yes. way rather than understanding that there can be different There's varieties nuances. of that too yeah, exactly. exactly so what kind of readings have you used this deck for okay so i did like um, because I have like Aleister Crowley's Toth that I tried, but he was, but Aleister Crowley knows that I don't like him. And so that to- Toth deck completely <laughs> never is cooperative. It's like, no, I'm not going to read for you because you're stupid. Um, I shan't. You can't not that, make not me. That his deck is from the depths of hell. No, by any means. But I just know that he knows and the, and the deck that knows. That you don't like him. That I don't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the deck is like, I'm not going to read for you if you don't like me. Um, yeah, that's but fair. this deck has been really like so I've been using this as like card of the day kind of trying to get used to the the system of it and I really like it because like the meanings that Pixel Occult like has in their book and then also with the the book by Lon Milo Duquette using that and kind of getting out of that Crowley kind of like for me that mindset like of associating with, with it with him specifically has been really helpful I used this a lot when I was considering working with the Morrigan and um, as oh, a goddess like energy archetype because the high priestess. Ca- okay, so there are two additional cards that you can change out. I think it was mentioned in the paragraph above, and it's the the Magus and the high priestess both have additional cards that you can p- kind of pick which one you want. Oh right, yeah, and I think I don't know. I don't think this is in like regular Toth, but I think it's kind of gender related in this deck. Yes, I believe so. And so I really enjoyed the high priest or the high the the high priestess card essentially. Um, one of them reminded me of the Morrigan, so I used that um, as sort of like an archetypal sort That's of cool. association. Um, oh, is it this one? The no, it's the other one. Okay, the one with the woman kind of emerging out of the water because that was one of the Morrigan's myths. Is I believe that she was oh. like in, like in the water or something. Maybe when you post your favorite cards, you can also post that picture just so yeah. that people can see what you mean. Yeah, I'll post it. So yeah, I've used it for like trying to work with that and also just doing bigger readings where I know that I need 
like an honest truth that's sort of direct like Lenormand would give me. But yeah, um, if that makes any sense, because Lenormand yeah, totally. can give you, but I need like a tarot reading that in that sort of way. Um, not that um, RWS can't do it, but it's just more direct in this way. And so I've just kind of experimented. This, this is still like a learning process for me because I'm not fluent in Toth whatsoever, but um, I d- am starting to appreciate it as a system because yeah. it is really like the astrological associations associations are really helpful and that's super helpful yeah totally yeah. i have never used this deck before like i was saying i'm like as a collector i'm really glad i have it mm-hmm. but i think that maybe i need to find a toth deck that's like slightly less gruesome mm-hmm. not gruesome i guess i don't know maybe i need to try the actual like regular toth deck because i do like the art in that a lot yeah um, I should go through my collection and see if I have any, because I'm sure that I do. And I'm curious about the methodology and stuff, but this deck specifically just like feels a little bit, I don't know. I don't want to say creepy because that's not what I mean, but it's like disconcerting in some way. Like mm-hmm. the imagery, like disturbs is too big of a word, but it yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable comfortable God, yeah i sound like a fucking child <laughs> no i i i think that sometimes the i think a lot of just my general feeling with toth like it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable so with the imagery and the meanings themselves kind of making you like doubly uncomfortable yeah like, i think that well because there's like this I mean, and i don't want to be somebody who's like animal cruelty on cards is as bad as animal cruelty in real life but i think that when i got to the eight of wands and saw the moth kind of being torn apart. I was like, ooh, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I love that moth. It's almost always on my favorite cards and other more nature-y decks. Uh-huh. So yeah. I don't know. I just find it a little, like, I. it's so, so, so pretty and so cool. But I just find it a little bit too angular and sharp looking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I still have tons of favorite cards, though. So explain <laughs> that one to me. <laughs> I'm a woman of many facets, Esther. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I want to hear about your favorite cards, though. Okay. So my favorite cards. Let's see. Da, 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 da. I do appreciate all the snakes in this deck, except for I know that, so many snakes. Except the snake that was being stabbed. I was like, "Excuse me, do not." Stab but that was a snakes. card about cruelty, so it it's was. still a snake lover card. I know, but it's still okay. So. The two of earth or the two of pentacles is called change and it has two snakes that are intertwined. Snakes. Yep. I love that one. The hanged one is, of course, their interpretation of the hangman. It has snakes around their neck as well, hanging upside down. What's happening with the head situation? I believe there's like a, it looks like a sun behind it or that little like, what is that? Mary, Mary, mother of Jesus, like aura. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The halo. Like a holy one. Yeah. Sort of. And also there are Hebrew letters on here, so it does kind of include the esoteric stuff that Crowley put into his own original deck as well. Yeah, totally. Um, strength has been turned into lust, and I love this card. It's like a like a creepy orgy with snakes and lots and lots of like masked people. <laughs> masks. Yeah. Lots of masks. <laughs> and like a goddess and like lots of worshippers. It's really cool. Um, of course, like I said before, Priestess just reminded me of the Morrigan a lot. And so oh, like, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, That's great. Yeah, it's just really super cool. I love her emerging from the water. So, so cool. Uh, let's see. Domination is the two of fire. I'm, I have like a little thing here, two of fire, because there's like, it's like little symbols, but it has snake skeletons. So I really thought it was interesting. Cool. The t- two of the two so far. I don't know if I checked the rest of the deck. Um, had snakes on them. I was like, okay, two of fire, two of pentacles, cool snakes. Oh, yeah. And then death looks like a badass cowboy skeleton, and I'm here for it. <laughs> death like with, look like a badass like with a, Is that a skeleton. gun? I feel like that's a gun in his hand. I can't see it because I'm pointing it at you. No. Or his scythe I, is here. I, I think it's another bone. Oh, it's a bone. It looks like an arm bone, maybe, without any hand attached to it. Yeah. Anyway, the she's arm badass. Arm bone's connected to the shoulder bone no that's not how that works and then my last favorite card is the happy squirrel card which i looked for a meaning in the book because i was not allowed to watch the simpsons growing up and i found out (laughs) that it was a simpsons reference it is a simpsons reference i was like oh okay so cool i I just thought it was like a cool extra card that we got and then i was like well what's happy squirrel and i looked for the meaning i was like what's the meaning and then i googled online it was like oh it's a simpsons reference so 
Oh, it's not even listed in the book. No, it's not. That's why I was like, uh, what does this happy squirrel card mean? So, yes. Somebody help me. Apparently, there are quite a few decks that have it included just as like a joke card. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a little Easter egg. uh, That's what it's from. It's from the Simpsons episode. I liked that one, too. And it's also creepy. Yeah. It's super cool. (laughs) With like an acorn. It's cool. Yeah. So, my favorites are... I have... Six and none of them overlap with you. Oh wow! Okay. So the uh, eight of cups. I just really like how that looks. It has like that type of plant that has oh, these yeah. big seed pods on the yes, top, like a lotus uh, pod sort of thing. There you go, lotus pod. And some of them are drooping. And I don't really know how it symbolizes indolence because indolence is like laziness. But I do really like the look of the card itself. It's really pretty. Yeah. Uh, the six. Uh, swords. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, that took me way too long. I was like, I'm gonna get this wrong, and that'll be too much for my Fullman and Virgo mind to handle. But I like that one because the bees, as usual, it's like a oh, crescent yeah. with the bees. Oh in yes, it. yes, yes, um, that was so cool. It represents science, and oh, and I just like the sort of like system systematic thing about bees in that context. Yeah. I also like satiety, which is the Ten of Cups, and it is just really pretty. It's like uh, also kind of lotus oh, uh, yeah. and lily pads. Oh. And the lotus are one of those things where I love them so much, but it wasn't until I became friends with Esther and she would send pictures of lotuses like on her walk to work that I realized how huge they are. They're giant. It's so crazy. I've always thought of them as being so delicate, but they're like gigantic, gigantic things. It's so cool. It is so super cool. They're so beautiful and so weird with their huge ass lily pads that look like cartoons. Yeah. It's insane that it's literally shaped like a tray. I just love them. Yeah. The flowers (laughs) are like the size of your face, literally. It's so great. I really always thought that they were like, maybe like, like tulips tulips yeah yeah but they're like big old guys and i'm just into it (laughs) i also really love the three of pentacles which is a a spider web oh Um, yes our friend michael is making that small spirits tarot deck it's on kickstarter right now and it made me realize how underutilized spider imagery is it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the snake imagery that you always notice like spider imagery is used to be creepy but not to be industrious or like like hard working and so i like this context of using the spider web to represent hard work yeah i'm into it yeah i I also really like the star this is the only one that i chose with a person with a person with a person on it oh i was almost thought you were gonna say parasite i was like (laughs) parasite is on this deck nope just a person it's a person (laughs) With the person on it, and it has, like, butterflies and stuff, and I think it's so funny that I chose it, given that I had just said that everything was so, like, creepy and angular, because (laughs) the only one with a person I choose is one where she's, like, curvy and covered in butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I will find a soft lady in this. And then last but not least is the Eight of uh, Pentacles. Oh, I almost picked that one. That was so pretty. Yeah, it's like a magnolia tree against a moon, and Mm -hmm. it's just so pretty. And I love magnolia trees, and it means prudence, and I think that it aligns pretty closely with the uh, imagery on the Eight of Pentacles Rider-Waite-Smith card, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, And it's just, like, really gorgeous, so I'm a big fan. Yes. Yeah. Woo! I don't even want to know what it's going to come up with a card I know, representing. I'm like, are we, are, do we really want to pull a card of what it's going to say about us? Because I don't know if we uh, we want to tempt it. I guess we don't have to because this is our, podcast, our podcast and the parameters okay, so we wrote. If it's if it's going to be bad, we will just delete this part of the episode and you will start where we do the ex- the exit tro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it's good, you'll get to hear all of it. Yeah, exactly. So our relationship with the deck. Let's see. The hanged man popped out. Oh, okay. Interesting. And strength. All right. So I think that maybe this deck is saying that I'm not acknowledging that I actually am strong enough to handle it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's very true. And I got Aeon, which is judgment. And I'm going to read from the book just to kind of, because I think Aeon is a little different. Um, So well-defined themes, that means it's upright. Um, 
life-changing experience, a major decision, time of deep change, growth, new understanding, and spiritual expansion. Oh, that so is different. Yeah. So basically, it's like, I'm ready for you, bitch. Just come learn from me. Yeah, seriously. So. This deck is demanding. Yeah. Very demanding. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's very, very straightforward. So next week, we are going to be doing the Golden Wheel Tarot, which we bought specifically because our friend Rachel said that the entire wand suit is redheads. (laughs) (laughs) So I said to Esther, we're buying this deck. I'm like, okay, sure, okay. It's 4 a.m. Okay, Holly, you do that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm a simple lady. All right. Well, that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a form with which to submit questions and also our shop, which you can buy our decks together or separately. You can do a one-time donation if you don't feel like being a Patreon supporter. There's a lot going on there. Yes. And also tell your friends about us and write and review us. It helps us grow and we really, really appreciate it so much. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our bustling Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And also big thanks to at Wildwood Magic for putting together show notes with timestamps for our website. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. Yes, just wildly, wildly do it. Resist the Virgo energy to work. Just wildly tarot. Do it, do it. We love you. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) 